Welcome to another edition of We Wanna Talk About It Now. Um, we have another special episode for you, Julie. Today is going to be very fun because once again, I have my parents on. The only difference this time is I will be relevant to the conversation as opposed to last time where it was just me asking a lot of questions about things that I wasn't involved in. This is very close to home. I'm calling this podcast The Gift of Life. Mainly because what I want to what I want to talk about is uh, my parents' decision, if it was a decision. I honestly don't know a lot about it, but my parents' decision to have nine children, uh, of which I am the youngest. So I do have a one of my questions that you don't have to answer right now is like, do you wish you would have stopped sooner? Um, thankfully, you didn't because I'm alive. Uh, but. My very first question is, what were you thinking? And then with, with, with that question, though, like, was there, was there a plan? Like, was it like, hey, we're going to have a ton of kids, multiply, replenish the earth type thing? Or was it just, well, like, yeah. we're going to have nine kids? Well, the whole thing in the very, be- <laughs> very beginning was the fact that, yes, a lot of kids, but we had a lot that didn't make it. Yeah. And that added a lot to it. So, so you were planning on having like there was there like a goal though was there a goal to have like ten kids twenty kids oh, you know maybe what I mean ten so it was it was nine we wanted nine so it'd be an odd number they could divide it up easier because I know that's a weird question to be like yeah we're just we're gonna go for it like without being as well, explicit <laughs> without being explicit like we're gonna go for it until we like until they start taking or whatever we had more to go with the tax breaks. <laughs> We need it for the tax write-offs. The tax write. All right. Well, well, we'll get the serious answers from mom. <laughs> okay. So, I don't think that we ever really discussed how many children that we wanted to have when we got married. And I don't remember, you know, putting a, <laughs> putting a number. Um, the children came about because it took us five years to be able to have the first child, and it was three miscarriages, and the fourth pregnancy stayed, and we had our first son. Two years 1969. Late, two years later, on the same date, um, day, we had our second child, which was a daughter, and... Then after that, we thought maybe everything was fine, and then it took us five years and three more miscarriages before we had our third child. Um, now, you said this wouldn't be serious, but it is. It's, there's tender moments there, um, which was Matthew, and then we had another, another miscarriage before we had Ryan, and then... Um, Something happened. We got it right in the next from ni- bang, bang, bang. Yeah, from 1979 to um, 1985. Becky was Becky. So we had. That's Ryan. why there's that four-year gap between Becky and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And after we had Becky, I had two more miscarriages before I had you. So, do you think had like I know this probably sounds like I'm coming across super emotionless, but once again. I kind of wonder, like, you don't have those miscarriages. It's like you guys are going to stop at some point. Because I know that there were miscarriages after me as well, at least one that you've told me about. So was there, like, plans, like, oh. like Because that's, like, really what my question, like, would it just have been, like, until until I can no longer bear children? I think that because we had so much trouble having children that – when they started coming, we appreciated them so much and they were so wanted that um, we didn't really ever talk about stopping. <clears throat> I got to a point where um, after the last miscarriage I had, the, the doctor said, you need to do something. So we did. <laughs> Interesting little thing. So you said we, you were very appreciative that you like you were, you were having kids, which is awesome. Uh, what what was so what was so awesome about having kids? About having a, a bunch of little ones running around, like what what what's the best most fulfilling thing about having kids? That's a good question. 
I, I didn't really, um, I love babies. And not the not not the not, toddlers, not, not the, the teenagers. teenagers. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't. Um, we just never talked about this is going to be the last one. We never did. And every every child we have was wanted. Nobody was a mistake. Nobody was a whoops. Um, and we so I wasn't adopted, like everyone told me growing up. <laughs> It's I good think to know. we got you out of the gutter. Yeah, that's probably. that's what everybody told me. And I, I believed it for a while, at least until I was, <laughs> I don't know, 25. Then I saw the pictures and I knew, ah, I think I'm pretty safe. So, yeah. And we both came from, Monty came from a family with six children. I came from a family with seven children. So um, it wasn't. And friends, friends and families around us were having children pretty much the same time and I don't know I never I think that mostly people that weren't friends when you tell them how many children you have you know they go <gasps> you know but I don't know what they say they usually say oh you must be Mormon or Catholic or Catholic um, what did you like about having kids dad because um, obviously you didn't have to bear the children but well it was the write-offs <laughs> It always goes back to the tax purposes. <laughs> Whatever was the best financial well, decision, that's the decision we I made. The write-offs because the money was making a construction, so we just had to keep having kids, <laughs> and it worked out. Our tax guy said, "You're doing the right thing." What was the hardest part about having kids then? If the best part was getting the tax write-off, what was the hard part? Hard there part. weren't enough tax write-offs. I did the hard part. Yeah. Well. You thought it was the hard part. Really, I did the hard part. <laughs> what was the hard part? The well, doing taxes? No. Uh, uh, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> she can't, I can't tell that part. That's the real secret. Were there going to be a euphemism joke? Like what the hard part was? Am I going to get a euphemism? Uh, was I going to get a, a hard joke for my dad? That would have been great. Thanks, Mom. No, I don't bleep those jokes because there's not actually swear words in them. <laughs> What was the hardest part? <laughs> what was the most diff- sorry? What was the most difficult part about having kids? Having kids, finding the right time, finding the right. Finding what does that mean? What do you mean? Finding time for the kids? Right, right, right time to be home for that because I was in construction. I was working a lot, and gone a lot, and I'd come home tired, and she wasn't, and I was, or she was, and you know, we never could decide which was going to be the best. But I think the main thing was the fact that so many miscarriages it brought it down to, hey, let's just keep going until we keep run, cracking until we run out. Did um, because I, I think I think that's like the weird thing about being the youngest in the family is because I didn't have to. I don't know. We talked about it on the on the podcast with Katie about like growing up in large families. I feel like I had the easiest upbringing probably out of all of the people in my family. Probably because you guys had given up at that point, but like, because we were tired. <laughs> well, because like I, I, you must have been, because all you did was go and visit Grandma in Long Beach all the time, and I was home by myself with with siblings who weren't going to tell on me if I had people over. It was the best. Like it was honestly, I was just like, I don't know what everyone's complaining about, like their upbringing. Like I, am, I got to, because like, I know they like bring that up all the time. They're like, oh, you're. You you get to watch TV. You have cable. You have like video games. You have all this stuff. And for for like a little while, because I think it's like human nature to like pretend how hard things are in your life. Like, oh, I had the toughest life. This ooh, blue blue. Like in reality, none of us had that hard of a life. But I did have the easiest out of everyone's, and I'm I'm okay with it now. I'm very happy with the with how easy my life was uh, and my upbringing. Um, oh, I was going with I was going to go to a question with that, and I can't remember now. Well, going to Long Beach was so important because of Disneyland was there. <laughs> you were going to you were going to Disneyland though, like when I was when I was sixteen, fifteen years old. Like yeah. you're going to visit Grandma. Right. Like that was mainly what it was for. Yeah. When I was fifteen and sixteen, you're still doing Herbalife retreat stuff. We're still doing Herbalife. We're still doing Herbalife thirty years retreats later. though. They still had. They still had conferences. Yeah. You have to turn like that. Yeah. They still had conferences and stuff, and sometimes they were in Long Beach. <clears throat> and I didn't always go with him to those. Yeah. 
because you could. You had nine kids. You I couldn't went, just always get a babysitter. But sometimes I would go down to visit my mom, but he'd still be home. Are we talking about are you t- what what year are we talking about? Oh yeah, that was the best though. Like we talk about this. Dad didn't discipline anybody at all. <laughs> at least in my like in my lifetime, there was zero discipline going on from dad. Zero, which was delightful. <laughs> so it was either mom and dad were gone or mom was gone and it meant party, not partying. Like if dad was home, there wasn't like partying going on necessarily, but there was definitely like, all right, looks like I'm having, I'm going to have some friends over because technically I still have an adult supervising if dad's home. So it's like, it was the best. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get to hear a lot about it when you got home at all? Like if I would assume not, like, <laughs> I don't squeal. I don't squeal. I just keep it. Yeah, hey, what is happens and keeps it between everybody. You know, can't uh, be doing things that you don't want people to know about. If you do, just don't do them. Yep. Well, and I think for the most part, I wasn't like it's like I was doing drugs. Or it wasn't bad things. Yeah, I wasn't doing like. I mean, I guess that could be that could be debatable. Like doing bad things. Like what bad is to one and another. I wasn't doing anything that was going to ruin my life. <laughs> Probably also had a lot to do with the, your friends. I had good friends. Yeah, I had the best friends, man. That's the that's the part of it. LDS and non LDS were all really right. good kids that weren't getting into trouble. And I don't know if that's. I think that makes a difference. I don't know if that has a lot. Maybe it has a lot to do with you guys, or if that has a lot to do with me making good choices. Could be potentially both, but. All of the friends that I had weren't idiots for the most part. I think so. I've always been so unattracted to. Uh, I forget, how would I say this? Like to people who just like try to have crazy lives and try to be crazy. That was never for me. So, what was easier then? Was it easier being in a large family or raising a large family? Well, I was a spoiled. I was a spoiled one in my family, so it was easier then because they didn't have any after me for a while and so I got spoiled and also I was spoiled Steven? Was, was Steven the one after you? John is older than Steven? I thought Steven was after you Early, Early, Early John. But I was spoiled because of the rheumatic fever Oh, because of like when you are in always the f- When you were six, right? Uh, five six. Yeah Yeah, yeah. So that, that, you know. Wait, what was the fever called? Rheumatic fever. What what happened? Like, was that one that could potentially paralyze you or something like mm-hmm. that? That's when they, that was back in the days when nope. they. I always, I always tell people it's polio. Well, there was polio was going on then too. And so that's why people thought, you know, that that's a possibility that could get involved some way. But then it, it didn't, you know, I had the blessing. I always go back to the blessing. You know, I had the, the bishop and the dad gave me a blessing and I went from I couldn't walk to walk. <laughs> you come to this day, remember that. So, so they always left me on the couch because you know, I couldn't walk. And when I got up that next day and I was walking and mom about had a heart attack and died. Like during the spot when she'd seen me walking, she'd... So, so, wait, so the reason that you feel like you were spoiled a lot is because you were kind of, I don't I can't think of a better, I was going to say like, yeah, because it's like the, what could have been scenario. Like they got the best case scenario of what it could have been. Could have ended up being a real cripple. Or died. Died. Well, that's the worst. Well, that's what's kind of crazy too. Like. Well, that's what's so. interesting about like j- like that's like kind of what the Vietnam podcast was about um, as well is like there's all of these crazy little things like the well this is gonna like this isn't to make anybody sad or like to make anybody depressed but just like the the unlikelihood of life basically because not only could dad have died multiple times let's say let's say the bombings or like the shrapnel attack that happened in Vietnam the the fever that could have potentially killed you or paralyzed you and Let's say if you get paralyzed, you're probably not meeting mom eventually. And then all of the different miscarriages that go through and we get the nine kids that we have. Um, I don't think people really, because I do have a very particular and special place in my heart for that 
like my situation, if that makes sense. Because I realize how unlikely it is for me to have been born. First requirement requires that you guys have at least a minimum of nine kids. Second requirement is that you guys don't decide to stop before, like because of miscarriages happening or whatnot. Um, and then three is just like the mortality things in, in your lives. Like there's there's a lot of different things that went through to, to get to that point. Like I said, I have a lot of appreciation uh, for my upbringing and then also the family I was born in. I'm not necessarily friends with all of the members of my families, my siblings. I don't even necessarily like like everybody that's in my family, but I do think that I learned a lot from every single person and every single situation that was placed on me because of the family that I was born in. So I'm very, very thankful for that. Like I, I realize more and more in life that there's really not a whole lot to complain about. Like my in my own personal life. I think the world at large, there's a lot of things to complain about, a lot of things that need to change and whatnot. But in my own life, um, I go back to like, maybe other siblings have had complaints about how hard certain things have been. But like, if you really think about it, was your life that hard? Like, I don't know. I, I, I had no, if the worst thing that ever happened in my life, I don't, mom, this isn't to make you feel bad or anything, is my mom like slapping me once after I talked back to her when I was like 13. If that's the worst thing that ever happened in my life, I'm okay with that. I'm, that's, that's, that's okay with me. Grow a beard and get over it, man. <laughs> that's, and very, after that incident, that's when I started growing those wispy, gross, be- like chin hairs. And then it led to what this beard that we have now. So, yeah. Um, I have another question. Did you want me to answer Heather about whether I was... Yeah. What what was my question? Whether it's easier to be raised in a big Oh, easier to be raised in? Well, I know what the answer is. Easier to be raised in or easier to raise a big family? Probably the answer would be being raised in a big family. Is easier, yeah. Um... I, and I think because a lot of it is because you don't being well was my my opinion being raised in a big family I didn't really think of it as being odd or different or anything and and um, and like you said sometimes well you're part of the baby boom generation too where people were having a lot of kids right. at the time like right. the f- large families was especially like six seven I mean that's probably larger than like I think most families are having like four to five kids but still. But I find, too, that with, um, you know, the sibling rivalry thing that I know is growing up, I know that, you know, my sister and I fought. And when we did dishes, we fought until mom's, my mom said, okay, you're not doing dishes together anymore. You each have your own night, and you do them by yourself. But as we became adults, I would say... Yeah, you say that you don't necessarily like some of yours. Maybe. That might be unfair. Like, because I definitely love every member of my family, and I have a hard times coming to terms with that because I'm a person who feels like everybody has to earn their spot. It's not just because of this random chance that happens. Like, we all have to be kumbaya best friends or whatever. Everybody has to earn that place. Um, uh, it's yeah. It's it's not just oh yep. You have to you have to love me. Like I'm not gonna like oh. Ex member of my family killed my wife. Well, you're my family, so it's all good. I know that's like a super hyperbolic, yeah. ex- like yeah, that would never happen, but like you know what I mean. Well, my siblings and I are good friends. Now. I have a hard time with unconditional love. I think that's, I think everybody has at least one condition where like I can't love you anymore. Like, like for like, let's say you find out I'm a serial killer. <laughs> like, oh, we find where all the bodies are buried. Alex has been killing people. You did that. Yeah, I know. I know. Serial killer. Well, because it's, it's like life. Hitler. It's like Hitler. If ever you want to make it, like, if ever you want to make a point, you, you go to the most dramatic uh, example as possible. But life isn't like that. I mean, for the most part, yeah. Life isn't like that. And it is what you make it. And no one's perfect. And so if you want to maintain relationships, good relationships with family or friends, then some of those things you overlook because you love them. You know, in my, um, my family, there was some tension a little bit sometimes, but we have gotten to a point now where that's not the important thing. The important thing is the love and the respect that we have for each other. And I hope that um, my children will have that, even with the, the bumps and warts 
that each one has, that they'll have that feeling of, and you said, I've always, I've always said and, and told you as you grew up that the best friends you're going to have is your family because they're the ones that are going to be around always where friends come and go. You know, you might have maybe one or two good friends that, that are forever or whatever, you know, but um, I just think family is just really important. And like I said, and I'm hoping that with the warts and the bumps that I have that my children will... Um, still appreciate me for the for, for the uh, for the good things for the good things that I do and the good things that I say and and the good things that I want I want to ha not have but those feelings I love my children. Um, Who's your just, favorite? Just about all of them. Me, <laughs> the one between. One between Ryan and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that life is too short. And if we go around hating each other or... I don't or, want to make it seem like I hate my siblings. Like That's not what I mean at all. Or, or not... They're just know. not... There's they, just, like just what I mean by that is like there's like certain people that wouldn't be like my first choice to hang out with. Oh, well, yeah. If that makes sense. It wouldn't be like... But, oh. but I like, just like when we have our, um, our Christmas time things that's been a tradition forever, even though many of my children don't believe the same way that their dad and I do anymore, that's still an important time, and I've appreciated the respect and the um, camaraderie that they show when we do those things at Christmas time that have been tradition forever? Well, nothing's really changed. We still, like, even though sometimes, it, like, I'm not saying that you think this, but, like, even at times where it may seem like disrespect, it's basically, that's what the Christmas tradition is. That The, the Christmas play has never been an easy thing to run. <laughs> There's, so so we, we ensure that it's still a little bit difficult, but not enough to, to make you storm out of the room type thing. Oh, and I don't mind the you know, the laughter and the silliness and that kind of thing. I am... I I'm am, really upset by our my 35-year-old children who continue to get naked and put on their pajamas. <laughs> you have to go into the bathroom now. You can't... You're not six anymore. But I just mean with the beliefs that they still respect that we can do that even though some of them don't believe in what that... In the Christmas story. The Christmas story. The nativity. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But they still participate in what we do. So yeah. <laughs> they just want the gifts. <laughs> I think that's actually an interesting question. Um, what? Because I think that's probably something that's uh, more of a difficult thing to talk talk about. What do you wish, if anything, that you would have done different raising us? Besides not having you. <laughs> Second Dad with the zinger. Besides, besides not having you. <laughs> had we had no children. Really? Yeah. You know, would we still be married? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really hard to second guess what you would have done. Yeah, that's that's why I took the mic away from him. Um, to second guess what you do well, when you're raising your kids. Yeah. I Did you do too much? Did you do too little? I mean, it really doesn't make a difference now. You know, it, it already happened. Like, are you, like are, as far as the result goes, are you pretty happy with it? As far as like, I, I was thinking about it, all your kids. I mean, none of us are like superstar billionaires, which you could be a terrible person and be a oh, superstar darn. billionaire. <laughs> but like, for the most part, none of us have unsuccessful lives, if that makes sense. No one's like in jail. No one is uh, a drug addict that can't function, if that makes sense. One of the best days of my life was when I was going to school down at Long Beach State, and uh, <coughs> they had uh, the uh, the college and the junior college would get together and have get them together for a lunch type of a thing, and that's where I met your mother. I bet I'd never met her. 
you know. So. We still like to eat. <laughs> Sweet. So, so, so then overall, ha- happy with the uh, happy with the results. I think that as far as my children as adults, I think that they are good people. They hold down jobs. They support their families. Um, We have almost 22 grandchildren, and they're loved. I don't think at this point that I could really look back and say too many things that I may have done differently. Um, I may have been a little strict at times. That might be something that... That's, I, I'd actually like to talk about that a little more. But I, I also feel like it was necessary, like, this is going to sound really bad, like the necessary evil, if you want to call it that, because somebody has to... Somebody has to lay down the law. And I know that dad on occasion did, at least like once again, for most of my growing up, I, like the fact that I can think of the one very specific time where dad like laid down the law, I think says a lot about that. Like it was a it, Easter, we're, un, we're done doing the Easter egg things with uh, like the Jesus. I don't even like the, the it, yeah, with the crucifixion and everything that like represent every part of the passion. And Sean and Aaron were doinking around. I don't remember. Didn't want to do it. Whatever. Mom started crying. Storms out. And then dad lays down the law. Right. Like that's when dad laid down the law. It was like at that point where mom could no longer be strict because whatever. But for the most part, you were always the disciplinarian for everything. Um, And I think that I actually talk about that a little bit in a couple of podcasts, actually, where I don't think people or when I say people, I don't think siblings fully, maybe they do, maybe we, they do now, but I feel like you always get a bad rap in a lot of stories because I'm just like, yeah, like somebody had to do it. <laughs> like, like not, not that necessarily, I was like, I don't think like mom enjoyed, enjoyed doing it. It was, she wasn't like, she, she got off to, she got off to like disciplining children. Like, Oh, I, I made them stay home from that party. I made them stay home from going to their friend's house, but it's obviously a very necessary thing. And I go back to, I think it all worked out for, for most of us. I don't think, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before. There are like some weird situations where people have felt like not loved in the family, but I don't know. I, I can't speak to that. Cause I never, I never felt that way. I always felt, well, cause dad was at home all the time. You were at home a lot, and then you started working, but you'd always be home by like three or four or whatever, like whenever I got home from school. So I was never alone unless you guys went on vacation, which was great. Except when you had pneumonia. What about, <clears throat> what, do you, what do you mean when I had pneumonia? You, you disciplined? Got, what? No, you said about not being alone. That's probably one regret that I had. Is letting me have pneumonia? Is when you had pneumonia? I don't pneumonia. think you forced it on me. And dad was home in the office, and we thought that you were better. Can you remember having to go back and have an IV at the doctor's office in a little bed that they had in the back? I thought so when they figured out that I had pneumonia, though. I thought that's like the moment that, like, I thought we thought I was sick. And then like, oh, Alex is better. Oh, no, Alex isn't better. Let's go to the hospital. Oh, it turns out you got pneumonia. Like, I thought that's how that went. I didn't think that I was already diagnosed. Yeah, you had pneumonia. And they gave you the antibiotics and, and everything, and you didn't get over it. And I think Dad took you to the doctor first, and the doctor said, um, "No, it's fine." But I felt that that wasn't right, <laughs> so I. I took remember you, the IV. I took you back to the doctor, and it was a different doctor. And um, he said, "Well, why don't we go ahead?" She said, "I don't hear anything, but why don't we go ahead and do an X-ray?" And came back, and there was pneumonia, and they couldn't hear it. And yeah, so they went back and gave you an IV because you're dehydrated. I believe Dr. Helms was the bad doctor, the male. Oh, how did you remember that? Dr. Helms. And then Dr. I can see her face. Oh, I can't remember her name right now, but I do remember her. Not just from that, but like from other doctor appointments because she was my my attending ever after. General practitioner. General practitioner after that. 
I really liked her. Wait, so what's so what does that have to do with being home? Oh, because I, I wasn't home to catch it earlier because oh. I had been working. It's all right. I was eating crunch bars, watching March <laughs> Madness. A crunch bar, like that's like one of those very. That's the only March Madness where I think I watched every single game was when I had pneumonia because I was home, like it was because March Madness is basically two and a half fish weeks with the, the NCAA tournament. And that's how long I was sick for. I think I watched every single game. I ate the crunch bars that we got from Costco that I don't remember ever getting after that. <laughs> you ate them all. Yeah, well, no, like, like we got them like pretty consistently, and then we just stopped getting crunch bars. It's the worst. I'd rather have pneumonia. <laughs> anyway, that's probably off topic. Sorry, you guys. What's your, um, what's, the, what's the, do you feel like is the, instead of like things that you would have done differently, what advice or suggestions do you wish that you would have maybe like you thought about saying but never did and wish that you would have vocalized does that make sense in what way i'm not sure i quite understand your question so i think there's a lot of time like where things go unsaid things just don't like "Eh, it's not gonna it's not gonna make anything change it's not gonna make a difference are there those types of things like oh i wish i would have given this piece of advice because at least it's not an action. It's just like, hey, I'm telling you this piece of advice so you can have a better life. I think I did that a lot. I think I got, gave a lot of advice. Because I, I can remember someone being upset with what it said at the door when it said return with honor. You know, that was... Someone got upset by that? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I think I did. I probably, I would probably be the one that would talk too much but the other thing that I wanted all my children to know is that they were loved and I think that that being a parent is the most important thing that and you hear this all the time you know it's it's not the person that you don't like it's what they do the action but just to be sure that your children know that they're loved but you sure don't like what they did. Yeah. Those were like my least favorite moments, though. Not like when you got mad at me for actions that I did or anything like that, but like the super, whenever the super serious talks would happen. I hated those. Like, cause I, I do you feel like our family was, why, actually, no. I know that we weren't. Why, why weren't we like a physically intimate family? I thought I was. No, I know, but like, I feel like most of us aren't. I don't know why. But like, are. do you feel like we're like that though? Like, do you, do you get that same feeling as well that a lot of us are just like, we're not a lot big of you huggers. Don't get hugs. Some of you do, some of you don't. I'm still trying to train you. I mean, there's a couple of them that aren't real huggy, but I still go up to them and hug them, yeah. and I expect them to hug me back. I talk a lot yeah. about this. I'm not a big physical contact. But right? I don't know why not because you got physical contact growing up. I wonder if it could have been an Italian family. <laughs> if we would, Italian people do that all the time. That's why. That's why when I died, dated that one Italian girl, I couldn't believe all the hugging and loving and they were doing around. I said, "Man, this is a weird family." <laughs> so um, I broke up with her. I don't. I don't. I, I wonder if like a lot of it was I would watch siblings who would like. I wanted to be like cool, like the siblings and the siblings that I had growing up were mainly Sean, Aaron, and Becky. As far as like, I guess Nick and Ryan too were technically there, but it was very uncool, I guess, to not hug or whatnot. But that's translated into not being physically affectionate in like every, like I think the only person I'm physically affectionate with is Katie. With that. I still give you hugs. I still no, I, I know, I know that you still do, but like that's it's like weird if that you see it with some and then not with others. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why some are not because I know that, like I said, I know that raising you, there were a lot of hugs, and your dad and I had hug in the kitchen. Yeah, it was gross too. But <laughs> dad, do you have any advice that you? wish you would have given your kids or want to give your kids past or present tense? Well, of course, the main thing is to always love your spouse. 
and remember who you are and that your family always loves you and be there when you need them, whether it's a funeral or not. Whether it's a funeral or not. They'll be at your funeral or you'll be at their funeral or, what, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, just try to outlive each other. <laughs> I think... I think one thing, too, is that we always try to be at events. Yeah. Sporting events, church events, scouting events. I think we do pretty well at that, too. Like, that's one thing that I've noticed with all the, all of the members of the family. Like, granted, some of us don't live in California, but if we lived in California, we'd be at all the stupid things that are stupid. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. All the important things to other people. Like I think that was that was always really impressive. Impressive to me was all of the bench sitting games that you guys went to. Oh yeah, we had a lot of bench sitters in the family. Well, yeah, we sat on all those benches too. <laughs> you, you, that's the problem. You sat as much as the people who are supposed to be participating in the sporting events. I don't know. I just think it's really important um, to be there to be there for your kids and usually your dad or I or some often both of us were able to do that and taking along the younger siblings that weren't always really excited about it but they did get to play under the bleachers yep <laughs> I, I just remember always uh on the way home it was always well, I don't know that's not necessarily true I was gonna say it was always on the way home from those who did I, I did not have the pleasure of sitting the bench as much as some of my siblings. I'm not trying to bl brag. I just didn't sit the bench. Um, but whenever we would come home from those bench sittings, it was always like it wasn't blaming the coach. It was more um, about what you have to do in order for the coach to play you, which was always really nice. It wasn't all it wasn't blaming anybody, right. just figuring out what you have to do, because ultimately no coach is not going to play you if you're good <laughs> like coaches want to see people win so definitely cool 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 um one thing about having a big family is you have each other to play with sometimes of course you were I, I was four years younger than becky anytime i wanted to hang out with her or kim they'd be like no you can't hang out with us well, yeah, I, I learned about rejection were, pretty early in my life. <laughs> you were probably because you were the end, and then you had a sister and then a brother instead of maybe a brother. You may have had, you know, hung out a little bit more. Man, that was but, like. But growing up where where you guys grew up, and those five kids that came close together, they did a lot of stuff. What five kids played. that came? Oh, um, so that'd be what Becky, Sean, Aaron, Nick, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I think the only reason I was close with like I think I shared a room with Nick for a little bit, shared a room with Becky before it was incorrect to be sharing a room with her. Um, or some of the other ones were gone and we had room to share. I mean, well, yeah, eventually, like for the most part, I had a, my own room growing up. But like I think from the age of twelve, maybe on, I think I had my own room somewhere. That I could have my own room. Like, let's put Alex in solitude. Make sure that none of the friends want to hang out. N none of the siblings want to ever hang out with him. They just pick on him to make him stronger. Because I do like. I think a lot of people. I'm being a little jokey right there. Because I'm very happy with that. Um, the amount of disdain that I received from my like from my kind of close siblings growing up uh, was very beneficial to how I am now. I mean, I still get a ton of. Like depending on the situation, um, I th I feel like I'm the only one, thankfully, who can take criticism from other members of my family. So I'm thankful for that. Like I, I was always getting picked on, so I had to get a thicker skin. So I'm happy with it. Becky was was picked on a lot. I think I went a little bit of the opposite way that Becky. Becky's very quiet. Like, that's the difference. I'm not saying that she's not tough or anything like that, but I'm a lot more vocal than she is. But it's your personality. It's your personality. You have a very different personality than Becky does. <clears throat> you have always been gregarious and outspoken. and. Um, it's because I have the Becky buffer. <laughs> 
and liked to be like just when you were in high school and you know you did the the um, rally commissioner the rally things I mean there isn't too many of your other siblings that would have done that you know you didn't have you didn't seem to have that fear just like now of speaking in front of people and and um, not really speaking in front of people with this although I am putting myself out there by publishing stuff like this to see if people are receptive to it or not but I don't know I don't care how people right was no one else like that I always I thought Aaron was I always thought Aaron was outgoing in high school because I know he ran for rally commissioner too with, uh, yeah. with Kirky I think everybody at one time or another ran for something either in Herbert Green or in Ponderosa or in Union Mine, but um, not successfully. Uh, well, I lost that one time in the fifth grade, and I swore I'd never let it happen again. So, so far, so good. <laughs> if, if I can give Taylor Phillips credit for anything, it's that uh, she made a winner out of me. <laughs> Do you, you remember that, right? That was like the most devastating. The fact that that's the most devastating thing in my life, I think that I've, I think I've lived a pretty good life. <laughs> I guess. Alex, you've had you've had grandparents die. <laughs> you've had like other things happen. You're like, nope, losing losing that fifth grade election for uh, for president. That's what made all the difference. Man, man, that's weird. And that's like what's kind of weird about being the youngest as well is like, um, I think maybe they all seem super outgoing to me because. Inevitably, that's kind of how they were. I mean, to me, they were outgoing. They were giving me crap all the time and super talkative at home. I was never around them hanging out with their friends or anything like that. So maybe that's why I became more so. I don't know. Became more social growing up. I don't. Well, they were they were social. They had friends and they were outgoing. But you, from a young age, I mean, when you talked about wanting to be a a, um, a sports commentator. I could see you doing that because you just put yourself out there. And you, like I said, you didn't have any trouble being the center of attention. Or I sound like the worst person in the world. <laughs> I sound like I should hate myself. I'm exactly no. the kind of person I don't like to associate with. <laughs> but that's your personality, and different people have just different personalities. Becky was a little more homey person, you know, like to be at home and, and, um, she has, as she has matured, she's put herself out there a lot more where she is now, you know, having friends and that kind of thing. Uh, but around the house and stuff and with everybody else at one time she had, you know, Kim. Yeah. But. So who, who's the favorite child? Oh my gosh. I told you the one no, between not a real Matt person. and Ryan. <laughs> And if it I was a real person, I never met him. <laughs> I honestly can Did you ever have favorites? Like, because I feel like every, you have I, to, you like, I think it must, like, change at time or whatnot. But, I think that probably now, it changes, like you said, at some point. But it depends on what's happening at the time. You know, there were some times when some of the kids were teenagers that it was really hard. It was really hard. Was I hard as a teenager? I know that we had that one. I can only think of one time where I was ever like really mean towards you as a teenager. Besides yeah. that, I felt like I was pretty easy. As parents, too, as time goes on, luckily you forget. It's just like when you have a baby and you go to have another baby and you go, oh, yeah, this really hurt. <laughs> what am I doing? I made this a again huge for? mistake. <laughs> But, and I think that it's the same way with raising kids. You forget some of that stuff as, as you know, you grow older, you know, and you keep those good memories and let the other ones just go because it's not important anymore. And I think, too, that as you become older, some things aren't as important as they, you thought that they were. Like, like what are those picking things? Your like, battles, the, like picking your battles. You know, and you'd think, oh, why didn't I just let that go? <laughs> why didn't you? What, like, could you, is there like, not like a specific example where there's, was there ever time where it's just like, why didn't I let X behavior go or X thing? And, and actually the, the more important question to that is like, what was the, what was the part of you that made you not let the X behavior go? If that makes sense. Was it like, Probably I'm just pride. stubborn. Yeah. Pride. That's what I was. Probably okay. pride and wanting to be right. 
man, adults and... are so stupid though. <laughs> the older I've, the older I have got, the more I have realized that I don't know why I thought adults were so smart or like knew what was going on. Thanks, Matt. Or had so much, or had so much deference to them. Did you hear what I said? I said thanks, Matt. Is that something Matt said? <laughs> no, Did Matt I, say it first. No, you said that about adults being stupid. I'm thinking, oh, thanks a lot. Well, like, <laughs> well, when I'm saying adult, I didn't say I didn't say my mom and dad are stupid. I said adult like adults don't have anything as figured out as like for some reason I always thought they did. Adults other than your parents, right? <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever keeps me in the will. Whatever, whatever, whatever keeps me in the oh, will to inherit the one that. acre, the one acre of land. <laughs> because I don't know, they're all just trying to figure it out too, and that's like I, that's what I wanted to talk about as well. Is what's kind of interesting is I'm I'm still not as old as Dad was when um, you guys had Monty. Dad was 29, and I'm 28, and I still don't have any kids either. And so that's why, like, when but you said, like, tried. well, <laughs> not that I necessarily haven't, I guess we haven't tried. I got a smile. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. That's okay. It's going to, it's going to come, it's going to come out like later on, like, well, it turns out that, uh, Alex is impotent. We shouldn't have been making fun <laughs> of him. Some extra pills. <laughs> Doesn't matter what pills you give me. If I'm impotent, it's not going to happen. Um, it's a miracle. That's the only. That's the only way. The only way it would miracle have to be a pills. miracle. Um, no, that. And so that was like weird because you're just like because I did always have like the goal of like I want to have kids before my parents die. I'm like, well, unfortunately, my my parents were 50 and 44 years old when I was born, and so uh, I'm sure we'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll see how long you guys can hang on for, huh? Yeah. Huh? Hey, we're giving it our best shot. <laughs> if we go first, we can send the kids down to you. <laughs> we can, yeah, we can pick for you. Um, picking oh, and choosing oh, out of heaven. Be careful. I'm gonna send the gonna send the worst. <laughs> so uh, overall, do you recommend having uh, having kids to people? And how many kids would you recommend people to have? I recommend you have. As many as you think you can take care of. Because it's a lot different now. Like, I don't know how you guys, you would not, like, not because, like, I don't think you would be able to raise nine kids now. Even with whatever jobs you guys have well, in the 80s. Well, with our age, you know. Well, no. <laughs> well, dad was 50, once again, when I was born, so who knows. So much, it helps if you've got a job where you're making some money, too. In construction back then, we were making enough money to have kids. Oh, yeah, but money went so much further than it does now. Like, Well, no, not necessarily. Depends on the kid. What do you mean, no, not necessarily? Well, Inflation is insane. Well, just think about what things cost compared to what you make. When I first, my first job was a dollar an hour, I got paid. And how much was a gallon of milk at the time? Five cents? Not very much. Exactly. So let's say, let's say I make, let's just put a number out there. This isn't how much I make. I don't want people to know that. So let's say I'm making $100 an hour and milk costs, so what was it? Five to a dollar? If, if milk costs $6, like, I don't know if milk was actually five cents a gallon. I don't know if milk was actually five cents a gallon at the time, but if milk costs... $6, $6, technically, even though I'm making 100 and you made one, it's still a more expensive life. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much milk costs. Like, because dad, dad, like, I'm already it's, starting to do it too. Because I'd be like, I remember when gas was under a dollar. And like, now it's median is about 280 everywhere in the United States, which is triplicate. So it's tripled in my lifetime. And I'm only 28. You know what I mean? So, how much was gas when you were? How? I thought it was terrible when gas went over a dollar. I'm, I wasn't having to pay for gas at the time. Like, I do remember when it was under, but I wasn't paying for gas at the time. But I, I, I feel that things are much more expensive now than they were. Getting a, a house is ridiculously expensive. It's not like, oh, we're going to go get our $20,000 house. Man, yeah. I, I, could buy, I could buy so many houses if they were just $20,000. <laughs> but, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nine kids now. Nine kids, that's a lot of kids to have this day and age. Not to say not try. And like, because what I've noticed too is a lot of the, like, I think I said this on the last podcast. A lot of people that I see having a lot of kids right now have the financial backing of one of the two families. 
So either the mom or sorry, either the bride side or the groom side, they're getting money somehow to subsidize a part of it. Either they're paying for their rent or they bought the house. They're buying clothes for the kids. They're spoiling the kids, which I think is a fairly normal role for a grandparent. But on the scale that I'm seeing is like, oh, we'll, we'll get you a job. You get, don't worry. You have a job here at the firm that I that I work at. Here's here's eighty thousand dollars a year. You don't have to worry about that. If I could have like if I could have that type of financial security, where it's just like, oh, I'm always gonna have this. Yeah, of course I'd start popping out kids because like you have no, there's no risk to it. I don't know. That's how I. That's the reason Katie and I are waiting is to make sure like. Because everyone says it's like, you'll never be ready. I'm like, yeah, but I'm going to be as damn near ready as I possibly can so that I'm not, like, so that we're not in, like, a really crappy situation well, when we have kids. You have two best <laughs> one for the husband, one for the baby? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, one, yeah. I don't know. I think right. it, I think you leave that to the couple to make that decision, you know, whatever they they want, because you can't talk anyone into doing anything because you're trying to to um, force your opinion on somebody else so I have been with pretty much all my kids is you know when you're ready you want to have kids and you want to make sure you have them before we die that would be nice (laughs) I want to put the like to meet all of our grandchildren and I do want to put the least amount of stress on the American taxpayer as well because like I don't want to be like dipping into that fund anymore like I did that. I already got my FAFSA. We wanted to meet the grandparents before the family, their parents did. <laughs> Man, you guys are about to start having great grandkids soon. Well, Easy. We'll I mean, easily in the next ten years, guaranteed. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. With Haley, we'll see. What happened? I mean, she's not married or anything, but well, my sister, who's younger than I am, is a great grandmother. Oh, Gailey. Wendy. Wendy is a great grandmother. A great grandmother. She has been for four years. Oh, <laughs> I heard is a great grandmother, as in like she's a good grandmother. I know she is a great grandmother. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't want to get too much into that. I was like, really interesting. Well, she might be. I would have never guessed. <laughs> don't worry, she won't listen to this. Um, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Any other? In your, do you have great? Oh yeah, Eunice has great grandkids now. Yes, probably. Yeah, yeah. she definitely does. All of Cindy's kids, Cindy's kids have kids. kids and Tammy's kids that have kids. Yeah. Man, you guys are so far behind. I that, know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Take as it comes. Well, because every like, April had kids. That's why Monty had kids old. April had kids old. Matt didn't have kids. Ryan doesn't have kids. That's why. So there's the first half of your, the first half of your litter not having kids until like almost their thirties. Excuse me. (laughs) You you know what I mean. We keep the phone number for the adoption agencies. (laughs) I know you don't have to keep rubbing it in. I know I'm adopted and how lucky I am. Um, Any other uh, last uh, pieces of advice for prospective uh, moms and dads, or even just for your kids? Always love your wife because that'll be the, your their mother, and to uh, respect them and set the great example for them. Give them hugs. <laughs> Tell them you love them. Spouses and your children. Who's more important, the spouse or the children? The spouse. I like that. I feel like a lot of people I, uh, that I've known in today's generation, it's. The kids are number one, and the spouse takes a back seat, and I think that's what's wrong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me being wise right now at the age of 28, <laughs> knowing, knowing who, who's number one, not well, the kid. Yeah, do adopt it, adopt and it's always the mom. It's almost older, always the mom who loves the kids more. She'll need to adopt older kids. Adopt older kids. Uh, cool. Um, Orphanages have them. Well, if you guys uh, don't have, I don't have anything else to say. Did, did we stay on topic? Yeah, we talked about family. Well, until like we started talking about, uh, until it was self-aggrandizing. Like, You've always been very outgoing. I'm like, oh, let's talk about that a little more. Cool. And the next, do you have something you're going to say before I, I'm closing? Just closing. to let my other children know, you all are special and you all have your talents and your 
your um your oh abilities specialities like abilities like abilities no your pros and cons abilities your talent talents that's right that's what i want you got it i win have special talents and mom none none of the none of your kids listen to this well, I, just in I, case I'm the they only do. one that listens. Hopefully, to it. if any of my children listen to this, just know you're loved, and that we enjoy spending time with you, no matter where you live. Do you always enjoy spending time with us? Like, are there ever times where you're just like, nah, I'd rather not be hanging out with you right now? No, <laughs> no, not not really, not I've really. Never thought about sending any kids back. <laughs> <laughs> them up I, I doubt that. I enjoy ever. <laughs> Most of as teenagers, there might have been a couple times. <laughs> but anyway, all, in all seriousness, I enjoy spending time with my kids. And um, I'd appreciate them. I appreciate the, the, the love and respect that I think they have for us. At least they show it in many ways. And I appreciate the, the, um, the way that I've seen them treat their spouses. And especially important for my sons yeah uh, we talked about that I've, i haven't hit katie did she mouth off at you when you were about 16 <laughs> oh <laughs> i said i didn't hit her you have to listen through the entire podcast i've never been physically abusive we had like this this 15 minute discussion of if i've ever been emotionally abusive i'm not doing i'm not doing too shabby so far Let's see how it goes are you being honest <laughs> Oh, great. Now, thanks for casting that doubt at the very end there. I'll be sure to cut this out. Well, Mom and Dad, love you. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being on again. And uh, next time that you guys are out here, I'll, I'll try to come up with another subject. Next time we get hungry, we'll stop by and do some more taping. Oh, People. taping, Dad. It's all digital. Well, Don't date yourself. How do they do that now? <laughs> Well, the next time that we have something that we want to I talk about, have a lot of good old tapes I've never used, <laughs> and you'll never use them again because they're, 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 nobody uses tape anymore except oh, for Dave Grohl. Trying to find the equipment to play them on now. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. You, you use your two thousand Honda. Your two thousand Honda has a tape has the tape deck in it. That <laughs> doesn't work anymore. Doesn't work, the tape deck doesn't, or the car. No, the, I don't know. Nobody I, has, knows how to fix it. My Toyota works with CDs, but not with the tape. Oh no, worst day ever. And the next time that we have something that we want to talk about, we hope you give it a listen. Time for a new car. I'm just trying to finish it. Trying to end it. Dad Dad decides he has to speak up about every single thing right at the end. All right. All right, I've been holding on to I've been holding on to about 16 jokes for the last hour. Let me get all 16 of them out right now. Feel free to like, comment, and continue the conversation by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and if you are feeling especially generous, leave us a review on iTunes. We prefer five stars, but value the truth more. We plan on keeping this free to listeners forever, because we love you. Thanks for listening, and let's keep being better. That's what he eats for breakfast. That's yeah. breakfast. Raisins and walnuts? Oatmeal. Oh. <laughs> I guess it's disgusting. Well, I got some milk. I make my own cereal. It's better than a Coors. See. Like, literally, the only time I might have gotten off topic was when we were talking about how great I was. <laughs> and how I'm the only one that, has, that ever won elected office in the family. I think you were. That's crazy to me. I ran for office once and lost. <laughs> I did too, that's why I stopped. Junior high.
Like literally, that was the only time I lost was against Taylor Phillips. I won in junior high when I skipped a grade. Some stupid. I think I was like Sergeant at Arms or some stupid thing like that. Then yeah, in high school, I think every year I ran for something. Do you even know the opening? I just want to talk about it now. That was close. You tried. You tried your hardest. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, Why don't you just send her one shiny penny? 